Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you. This is the Sermons from the Cornfield podcast, a weekly podcast where the sermons that are preached uh, by me each and every Sunday are loaded for you to uh, review and to listen to. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I'm a United Methodist pastor serving three churches in Camden County, North Carolina. Today's sermon is the second in a August series of sermons based upon lessons that we can learn from watching the Andy Griffith Show. Uh, the show or the episode that we watched this week as a community was Opie the Birdman, which is one of my personal favorites. And the scripture lesson that the sermon was based upon or that was used is, is John chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. So now would be a good time if you want to hit the pause button to go find Opie the Birdman and watch that episode and maybe pull out your Bibles and read John chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Hope you enjoyed the sermon. God bless. Opie has grown up, at least a little. He is the proud owner of a new slingshot. To hear Barney tell it, Opie's slingshot is just like the one David used to kill Goliath. Where did David get that inner tube? A slingshot is power, power which can be used responsibly or used in the wrong way in the wrong place. Opie could have learned a valuable lesson by watching Barney's slingshot demonstration, but not the lesson Barney intended to teach him. Barney didn't teach Opie how to shoot the slingshot over his shoulder, the old tail gunner as he called it. He taught him and us that we can really tear things up, including the glass in the courthouse bookcase, when we use power unwisely. Opie leaves the courthouse and heads home, mostly pretending to shoot at imaginary targets with his new slingshot, but occasionally loading up some ammo and letting it fly. He shoots the trunk of a tree. No harm done. Then he shoots into the branches of the tree. That's when it happens. His shot hits a bird. The bird falls lifeless to the ground. Opie tries to rouse the bird, but nothing he does can bring it back to life. He feels one of the deepest pains that a human heart can experience. He knows that he's hurt another living thing in a way that he can't undo. And as the sounds of chirping baby birds tells us, he's not only hurt one bird, He's done terrible harm to a whole bird family. We never hurt just one person, do we? The pain we cause hurts many. Opie has made a terrible mistake, so now what in the world will he do? Over the next few minutes of this episode, Opie responds to his mistake in several ways and shows us the choices we have and how we deal with our mistakes, especially the kind that hurt others. First, he runs away. He runs into the house and up to his room to get away from the reality of what he's done. But the bird is still dead. The babies are still crying out in hunger. And Andy is still coming home soon. Then he makes his pain even more intense by denying what he's done. He didn't lie about accidentally shooting the bird with his slingshot. Instead, he sits silently at the dinner table while Andy blames Mrs. Snyder's cat for the crime. Opie wouldn't own what he had done. His dishonest silence made his pain so much greater that he couldn't stand to be with the rest of the family. So he ran away from the dining room table to his room to be by himself. Andy, realizing what Opie's sudden exit must mean, follows Opie to his room and confronts him with the reality of what he's done. Opie says that he is sorry for what he did. There's nothing wrong with apologizing, but Andy wants Opie to realize that sorry is not the magic word that makes everything right again. 
The bird is still dead. Her babies are still hungry. Opie then asks Andy if he's going to give him a whipping. He wants to know if his father is going to spank him to punish him for his crime. Now, this is better than the previous responses Opie has made to his mistake. At least here he is prepared to face some consequence for what he has done. But as Andy sees it, a whipping is not the best discipline in this situation. Instead of spanking Opie and giving him the false feeling that he has done all that he can to rectify his mistake, Andy opens the window and makes Opie listen to the hungry, heartbroken cries of baby birds who've lost their mother. He gives Opie his best chance to make the most of his mistake by forcing him to face the real consequences of his actions. Now I'll stop for a moment and confess that Opie hasn't shown us anything we don't already know all too well. When we make mistakes, we respond in many of the same ways that Opie did. Sometimes we just try to run away from our mistakes and hope that we can leave them behind us. Other times we deny our responsibility. We sit in dishonest silence while others around us try to figure out what has happened. We let them blame the neighbor's cat or some other innocent suspect for what we know that we have done. There are other times when we try to make sorry a magic word that makes everything right again, but it won't. Feeling sorry is a good place to begin, but it is seldom the right place to stop. Some of us want a whipping. Let something bad happen to us so that we can feel that we've paid off our debt to the one that we've hurt. But suffering some manufactured pain for what we've done to someone else doesn't help them. It may teach us a lesson, but it doesn't guide us towards doing good. No, we must hear the baby birds chirping outside our window. We, like Opie, must face the real consequences of what we have done. This is the first step towards making the most of our mistakes. The morning brings a new day, and with it, Opie finds a new and far better way to respond to the mistake he made with his slingshot. Andy finds Opie on the front porch preparing a breakfast of bugs and worms. He's made the decision that the best thing he can do is to care for those he's hurt. He's going to do his best to raise the orphaned baby birds. He gives them names, Winkin', Blinkin', and Nod. No longer are they problems to be solved, they are living things to be loved. Opie, says Andy to Aunt B, has just become a mother. He has learned that loving those he's hurt is the way to make the most of his mistake. What a new day would dawn in our lives and in our world if we would join Opie in learning this lesson. That running away doesn't work. That denial only makes things worse. That saying sorry doesn't magically make things right. That a whipping for us won't really help those who we've hurt. The way to make the most of our mistakes is to love those we've hurt, to feed them what they need, to become a kind of mother to them, to watch out for the cats in the neighborhood so that defenseless little birds don't get eaten alive. Opie's hard work and loving work really pays off. He learns how to feed the birds with tweezers so his scent won't get on the food and keep the birds from eating it. Remember that the next time that you go tiger hunting to take your tweezers. He gets them a cage to keep them safe. He earns their trust. He learns how love helps living things grow. Friends, this is how confession and repentance works in our lives. Admitting our mistakes, our sin, and turning towards God is how you and I can learn to love and live the way God wants us to.
Not by running away, not by sitting silent, not by seeking punishment, but by coming to the Lord with an honest and contrite heart, confessing our sin, and then not receiving punishment, but God's love, grace, and mercy. And then pouring out that same love, grace, and mercy out to those around us, especially those that we may have hurt. But that's only part of it. What we're really talking about here is how do we have a relationship with Christ Jesus? Confession and repentance is the first part. Letting go is the next. Opie's reward for all this work is to run right into one of the hardest lessons about loving that love must, at the right time, let go. Did you notice how everyone tries to avoid the subject of the day when the birds must be set free? They know how difficult it will be for Opie. They don't want him to have to learn this lesson about loving, at least not yet. But Andy knows that the time has come, and sending Barney to the kitchen for coffee, he takes Opie out to the front porch for a little talk. And he reminds Opie that there is one more thing their ma would have done for them, let them fly away and be free. Opie struggles with the thought of letting the birds he's raised go. Part of him wants to keep them in the cage as pets. But as he thinks this through, he realizes that these birds were meant to be free, to live in a world much bigger than a cage. And so one at a time, calling them by name, he sets them free. And then in one of the most touching and powerful moments of any episode of this show, Opie observes, the, the cage sure looks awful empty, don't it, Paul? And Andy answers with great wisdom, but aren't the trees nice and full? Opie named his birds Winkin, Blinkin, and Nod. We can also name the things that hold us back from our relationship with Jesus, the birds in our cages, so to speak. Anger, jealousy, pride, selfishness, gossip, distractions, memories of things we shouldn't have done, memories of things we shouldn't have said. All of these things we keep in our own bird cages, the bird cages of our hearts and minds, and all of these things we also need to let go of. We can confess and repent all day long, but until we let go of these things, we will never be free. We will never be healed. Our gospel lesson this morning is one that I have heard and read any number of times, and I imagine that you have too. It also was a scripture read earlier this week at an opening worship service at a preacher's conference that I went to. And although I've heard this story many times, this was the first time that I'd ever realized the age of the man who needed healing. Did you catch it? 38. For 38 years, this man had dealt with not being well, not being whole, with needing healing. Not hard to imagine that for 38 years he had sought advice, had seen professionals, had looked to his buddies for help, had tried to do it himself, and for 38 years had failed. For 38 years, he had lived with not being free, of being trapped in his own body, of certainly going through periods of doubt and depression and anxiety and worry, of not knowing where to turn next or what to do next and feeling like he just could not make it one more day. For 38 years. And then he met Jesus. And he was asked a very simple yet very profound question, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? And then when the man seemingly starts to give excuses as to why he has not been able to heal himself just yet, the things that he is holding on to, Jesus tells him, let go of those things. Get up. Be healed. And walk. 
For 38 years, trying to do it on his own, he was unsuccessful. Then he met Jesus, let go of what seemed to be holding him back, and he was healed. And he was free. As free as those birds that Opie let go. This short little story, it's only about eight verses, but this short little story hit me hard this week. You want to know why? Guess how old I was when I answered and accepted the call to pastoral ministry. 38 years old. No, I wasn't physically invalid as this man was, but I did have a number of things holding me back. Pride, arrogance, materialism, selfishness, excessive alcohol use, shame, anxiety, fear, depression. I've told you from this pulpit before just how down and miserable I was at one point in my life at a time when I should have been joy-filled and thankful I had my own law practice, two great kids, and the best wife that any man should ever be allowed to have, but I was carrying around this birdcage full of negative thoughts and attitudes, preoccupied with status and the accumulation of things. I tied my happiness and joy and identity to the success of my law practice, and when the housing market and economy crashed and most of my practice crashed with it, that cage that I was carrying became heavier and heavier. And instead of seeking help or advice or spiritual guidance, I insisted on carrying it alone. And this cage became so heavy that much like the invalid in our story, I felt at times like I couldn't move. And in my 38th year, the Lord Jesus asked me, Do you want to be healed? And I said yes. And then over a period of months and years, up until this very minute, I've been taking one by one those things holding me back and letting them go. Now, I wish I could tell you that all in one fell swoop, I was able to empty my cage just as Opie did, but I have not. There are still days when I struggle with things that I need to let go of. But I have a relationship with Jesus Christ that fills me with more joy and excitement than I have ever known. And as I have started to empty my cage, I have found that just like the tree in Andy Taylor's front yard, that my heart has become fuller and fuller. Yes, I've always known about Jesus, but until he asked me if I wanted to be healed, I didn't have a relationship with him. So brothers and sisters, what's holding you back? What things in your past do you need to own up to, to face, to confess and repent of? What things are in your birdcage that you need to let go of? Jesus is asking you this morning, do you want to be healed? Do you? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless.